0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Joining me, we have Dalton Bishop.
1: What's going on?
0: Oh, just chilling here. And we also have Christian Ernst. What's going on, y'all? Got a very exciting episode in store tonight. Obviously, as I mentioned a lot last week, NBA playoff preview. That will be coming up in a moment. Uh but first again we talk golf and all the majors go on and maybe a few other tournaments throughout the year. And the Masters was this past weekend, Easter weekend. Very eventful Masters because of uh you know the weather was not very good. Then you had the second round it was delayed a little bit because they had three trees fall on hole 17. So they had to delay the golf for you know, round 2 they had to play on Saturday. Um and then the third round weather didn't cooperate with them, so they played part of the third round on Saturday, uh, and some golfers had to finish up on Sunday for third. And then all of round four, the final round, they played on that Sunday. Excuse me. And normally, um, in the final round of golf, you know, golfers start at hole one and they all go through eighteen. Whereas you see at the first few rounds, it goes at one through nine. Some golfers start in the back nine. Uh, because of timing, they had to get get it all in on this last day. Where Brooks Kepka, he had a great first couple days. He was tied for first on day one. Uh, after day two he was a solo leader. Day three going in, he was a solo leader, two strokes ahead of John Rahm. But then Brooks last round, not very good. And then Kepka. Uh, yeah, Kepka, not very good last round. And Rom just kind of goes on a tear. Uh, and then, credit to Phil Mickelson. Mickelson made it very interesting late. After shooting a uh, three over on day three, he goes and shoots seven under in the final hole, uh, final round. Excuse me, to get to second place. So, congrats to Mickelson, making it very interesting. But John Rahm is your 2023 Masters champion, the uh, second Masters or second major, excuse me, of his career to win the 21 U.S. Open. Um, you know, he hails from Spain, only 28 years old, so congrats to John Rahm. And then I also just want to give a quick congratulations to amateur Sam Bennett, the Texas A&M Aggie, who, again, he's an amateur, so, again, no expectations, really, uh, for him to do anything. But day one, he was four under, tied for six on the leaderboard. And while he only ended, again, day two, he was tight, or he was solo third place eight under for the tournament. Uh, He he had a hell of a tournament. The last round uh, didn't go so well for him. He kind of finished in the twenties, which again, for an amateur player who is still in college, I saw a thing that he had to play in a college tournament, which would be today now uh, where he has to carry his own bags. Does how they do it in college golf. Apparently again, I'm not a big college golf uh, follower. So I'm not entirely sure how that works, but apparently, uh, in the college game, you got to carry your own bags. You don't have a caddy with you. Uh, so I just want to give you know a quick congrats to Sam Bennett. Uh, I think he's going to be a name to watch going forward, and I, I think one day he'll win a major. Maybe it's the Masters, maybe another tournament. But uh, he sh- he showed a lot of uh, a lot of skill this past week, and he gained a fan of me. So I hope he wins it one of these days going forward. But I'll go to Dalton next. Uh, any, your thoughts on the 2023 Masters and John Rom winning it all?
1: Congrats to him. He uh, definitely deserved it. I mean, it was, you just looking at a guy who just uh, did, what he, did what he was supposed to do, did, just went in there and took care of business and um, completely deserved the win. I mean, that was just something that he'll never forget. I mean, we talk about Masters winners for – for decades. I mean that's I figure that's one of the few majors where it's you know it'll it's it's a it's a legacy builder for sure. You're talking about we can go to Tiger Woods, we can go to Phil Mickelson, um, Jack Nicholas. I mean you can go on and on and on. Um, the, getting a, you know even last year, um, with Shuffler. So like to win the Masters is uh, something that's unparalleled, i say.
0: All right. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add on the uh, 2023 Masters this year? Yeah, It's great
2: for John, obviously. You know, I've been more kind of involved watching golf and, you know, enjoying the sport itself. And John Rahm has always been one of those guys where he's just always kind of in the pack, but he's never winning. He's always – we always see him finish second or he's in the top ten – but he's not like winning a ton. And he won the um, you know, this is his second major win, which, you know, is awesome. And he won the US Open back in 2021. And, you know, like he was gonna be an up-and-coming guy. And 28 years old, they were mentioning some amazing golfers who won their first Masters, you know, around their age of 28. And one of them was the great Arnold Palmer. So It's definitely something to watch, and this could be one of the next best golfers who's going to carry the sport. Um, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, he played and he made the cut, you know, he was, I think tied, uh, with several other major golfers to have, I believe it was 27 in a row, master sermons in a row where they don't miss the cut, which is amazing. That's a tremendous record. Um, And, you know, sadly he had to withdraw halfway through the third round because of his back issues. So, you know, it was great to see Tiger out there, but obviously Tiger, you know, is not the same man that he was uh, even five years ago, you know, nonetheless 10 years ago. So very sad to see him in this condition. Um, Brooks Koepka, it's awful for him. He had a very hard round four. Uh, six bogeys and it killed him. And yes, he finished three under on the day, but he struggled mightily. He had a very good lead, and you know he had to, he had a massive fall from grace. And John Rahm took advantage of that, and he did very well in his round four. So it's it's sad for a guy like Brooks because he did deserve it. And it'd be awesome to be sad for John because, like, he's always there. He's always on the final – you know, he's always in the top five. He's making great money because he is in that five. He is always in contention, but he's never gotten it. But I'm glad he got the green jacket and, you know, he won the Masters, one of the great golfing tournaments of all time. So, great for John. Uh, and it was a, it an amazing year. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful day four uh, on Easter Sunday. So, you know, congratulations to John, and what a great uh master tournament to begin the springtime!
0: Yep. and that, that will conclude our golf talk for probably a couple of months here. Uh, but on to the NBA, which we will be talking to the NBA next couple of months, just given the playoffs ramping up. Uh, but first, we'll start a little somber, coach firings. Usually you see it, you know, Black Monday, as the leagues dub it, the day after the season ends. Of course, we're seeing it now the day of the last game of the season where coaches, you know, they get fired that day of the last game. We saw that with a couple guys. Starting first, Steven Silas, uh, the coach for the Houston Rockets. It was announced yesterday uh, he had a fourth-year option that the club decided not to pick up. Uh, again, Silas he started his career – during the 2020 2021 season which was James Harden's last year in Houston uh where he got you know he gets traded partway through the season there um because you know he just didn't want to be in Houston anymore after you know some changes that just did not sit well with Harden Tony et cetera. um so he you know definitely sucked for him the way that his career got started um there and he just really you know had much success winning 17 games in a 72 game schedule though uh so you go percentage wise 236 although even if you go percentage wise he was improving each year with winning percentage uh winning 20 games in the second season 22 games this year uh and they finished fourth in division but again nba division means really next to nothing um you know it does suck for a guy like Steven. You know his father was a NBA head coach, Paul Silas, who unfortunately he passed away back in December. So it's definitely been a rough year. But again, you don't you got to somewhat of emotion out of it, even though you know, yeah, his dad died partway through the season. Um, and his dad was a hell of a coach, winning three titles in the seventies. Um, so as a player, that was. Um, and he had a good coaching career too, but uh, Steven Silas, again, he was a good assistant coach you know, with Dallas, with Charlotte, uh, the warriors, although there was the pre warriors, uh, dynasty days, I could definitely see him sticking around, maybe getting another assistant coaching job. Um, again, just kind of a rough head coaching tenure through three years. And I hope to see him back on his feet, but ultimately it's a business. You're not winning games. Um, and Houston, again, they've just, the roster's been pretty bad there. Uh, similar to the other Houston franchise, the Texas in football. Um, hopefully they don't go just recycling coaches through every single year. But, again, it it made sense for both sides to part ways. It just, unfortunately, wasn't going um, that way. So, I mean, best of luck in Silas and whatever. Getting back on his feet, whether that's um, another assistant coaching job or whatever else he decides to pursue. Uh, going forward because he's only forty nine, so he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, to Dolan, we'll we'll go next. Your thoughts, reaction to the Houston Rockets deciding to move on from Steven Silas after three seasons. Uh, my immediate reaction was, I
1: just, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things situationally. Like, what do you, are you gonna want to stay in Houston for another few years, or play out there or coach out the rest of your contract or even try to re or or, or, or like even try to extend, um, for that team. Like, I don't, uh, I mean, it it seems like it was just a business decision. Like, eh, this is not working out. Let's just, you know, go our separate ways. Um, that's, that was kind of, that was kind of my reaction.
0: All right, Chris, anything you want to add on the uh, Stephen Silas front of uh, the Houston Rockets side to now renew his contract for another year?
2: It stinks uh, for Stephen, obviously. You know, he's, he got put into a bad position. You know, Houston losing James Harden, losing Chris Paul, losing those pieces uh, that made Houston so dominant in the West, in Western Conference and consistently in at least the Western Con- the semifinals. And the Western Conference finals. Obviously, it sinks for Houston fans because this was a very feared team. This was one of the best teams in the NBA years ago. And it's now become, you know, just a trap shoot in the Western Conference. You know, not even getting to 25 wins in the last couple of years, it's been very tough. You know, you can't. you know, sport is very competitive and you don't want to be in this crap shoot for long. You know, you obviously a year or two, you know, happens, you know, the best team like new England, they used to be the dominant team. Now they're just kind of like riding the pine a little bit. Um, Jacksonville had a moment, you know, the obvious teams, they can have bad years or two, but three years in a row, it's, you know, two wins. Like, Okay. That's not much, you know, in the NBA, it's not much NFL. Yeah. You can go from six to eight and then the wildcard race. Yeah. That's a improvement seven to nine. You know, it's an improvement two wins in the NBA. It's like not even half a game in the NFL because they play 82, you know, I'll go on, I can go on this rant for a little bit, but anyway, they had to make a move. They have to do something to drastically change the team and make this team evolve in some way to get back to their old glory so for steven it stinks for houston they have to go in this head you know this head coach search and find somebody that can make houston competitive and maybe try and get into the play-in so for houston it stinks but you know at the end of the day it happens all the time so that's that's uh my opinion
0: on it Mm -hmm. On to another coach, and again, this uh, job, I think that it's the um, Detroit Pistons with Dwayne Casey. Uh, this move I honestly think was a year too late. They should have probably moved on a year prior because uh, Detroit's got some talent on their roster. They're not completely bereft of talent. You got Bagley, who's, you know, up and down career, but you have Jade Ivey took fifth overall last year. You have Cade Cunningham, who's the number overall pick, Two years ago, Jalen Duran. Um, the, the roster's not bereft of talent, so you and James Wiseman they trade for it during the year because Wiseman just didn't really fit well with Golden State. Um, so and so whoever goes to Detroit, you're getting a roster that's you know could be a little bit like Oklahoma City this past year, where it's like it's not necessarily a great roster, but you could make some noise and make the play in potentially. I mean, Kyle also like Utah as well. Uh, But Dwayne Casey, obviously, you know, controversially fired. We was with Toronto back in 18, five years ago. We had the one seed in the conference, but they kept flaming out to LeBron. Uh, Obviously, they fired him, Nick Nurse. They won a championship, year one of the Nick Nurse era, which was the only time Detroit made the playoffs. They lost to Milwaukee. They were swept 2018-2019 season. Uh, They were 500 that year. Every other season since, you have, I mean, 20 wins in the sixty six game. COVID season where, you know, the Oklahoma, Detroit season ended unexpectedly with the bu- with the pause of the season because they weren't invited back. Then you have 72 games, they win 20 games. So six more games, still only muster 20 wins. Go to the full 82 games, and they're back to 723 wins. So percentage-wise, just slightly better. Uh, but then this year, 17 games they, they won. Overall, again, so uh, awful season for Detroit will be picking very high in the lottery, depending on how that lottery balls bounce their way. Uh, but the fascinating part was it was announced that he was stepping down as the coach, uh, but he was gonna be transitioning to a front office role, which I found very funny because again, okay, maybe he's a guy who can see talent. Because I mean, but Detroit, uh, obviously they've drafted well. I don't know how much say he had in who they drafted, um, going forward. Same with the um Toronto Raptors teams that he had over the years. See, obviously, you know, they saw talent there, and they got talent. So I don't know how it's going to work out in that role, but at least we got to have some kind of idea of what Dwayne Casey will be doing going forward. And I wish the pitches nothing but the best because they got a young roster that has the chance to be competitive, and Detroit's a uh, proud franchise that has had success. You know, they have three ch- People from Detroit Pistons and thought, wow, this team's got a legitimate shot to maybe make some noise in the playoffs. So we'll see what they do, how this repo goes. But they have they're a piece or two away they can get some good players. I would not be surprised if next year you're one of a new coach. They make the plan. Um that just would not surprise me at all there. Uh but Dole, I'll go to you next. Uh, your thoughts, reaction, Dwayne Casey stepping down after uh five years at the helm for the detroit pistons
1: yeah again one of those things where it's just you've played it out and it's just time it's just time and uh i'd like to see who they hire as their next coach um that could be something interesting for me at least um I'd like to see Detroit actually be a little bit better. Um, I don't know. I just like have a soft spot for Detroit, I guess. Um, so yeah, no, I I think you know this is just it's just not shocking. Like it's just so you're on a bad team, you kind of. Kind of seen where this is gonna go. Kind of plateaued. It seems like this was just the right time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add about the Detroit Pistons moving on, uh, or Dwayne Casey really stepping down into and moving up to a front office management position?
2: I guess he's done coaching. I mean, he's had some rough times. Uh, in Toronto, he's had rough. Obviously. Very hard times in Detroit. So I think I think first it's kind of like a retirement for Dwayne Casey. He hasn't said it, but he may just want to take a step back and not want to really work hard, you know, uh, for another year to make this team maybe do something, maybe not. Uh, Detroit is kind of looking up, you know, as you mentioned, you know, sport-wise besides the Tigers, um, they're – You know, Detroit Lions, Detroit Pistons are kind of on their way up. I don't think they're going to be NBA champions, but like you said, maybe an OKC where it's a prize to make the play-in. And in the the East, I mean, it's very up and down. Indiana, you know, they were in the uh, playoffs last year; they fell out. You know, we're gonna see one of these teams, um, Hawks, if they decide to, you know, the rumored of trading Trey Young. Maybe the Hawks switch out and Pistons can move up. Who knows? The Bulls barely got in, so are they going to move on their way out? So, I think Detroit can – it's feasible for Detroit to make the play-in because of so much hit and miss within the Eastern Conference. But for Dwayne Casey, you know, he wanted to take that step back. He, you know, didn't want to waste another year of his life grinding on the film room and how to make his team better when – Maybe in his eyes, he can't bring him up to that next level. So for Dwayne, I mean, he's still going to have a more relaxed role in kind of analyzing and watching college basketball and having, you know, that voice of, hey, let's go after this person or that player or who knows. But, you know, for Detroit, I think it's still, you know, it's not a, you know, heavy day for them. You know, we knew this was going to come. So, you know, you still kind of look up in lottery. You know, that's going to be something. Um, they may get screwed because a lot of teams who we think are going to win don't actually win besides the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, you know, for Detroit, you can look for a number one pick. You can look for a top five. But at the end of the day, you know, we'll just see where chips fall where they may and just see how the offseason works.
0: Yep. So that, again, if there's any more coach firings, uh, obviously we will discuss that. And obviously when those guys or when those positions get filled with a hiring, we will discuss that, break that down the show. But on to the NBA playoffs here. Uh, the postseason, as you will, started because it's just weird how they term it. Those the play-in tournament and then uh, the playoffs is officially that first round with, you know, one through eight. So the play-in Uh, I'll dub it the postseason. Uh, We'll start with the seven seed over in the Eastern Conference. The game for that. We have Christian, your beloved Miami Heat, taking on the Atlanta Hawks. That's tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, 7.30 on TNT. Uh, Winner gets the Boston Celtics. So, I'll say as a fan standpoint, like, obviously, Christian, I love you. And last year's (laughs) Eastern Conference Finals was great. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think Boston will win either way. Just kind of a little spoiler there. I would love to face the Hawks. I think that's an easier matchup because the Heat uh, – Spolstra's a hell of a coach. And ultimately, I think it's what it comes down to is Eric Spolstra versus Quinn Snyder, who took the job, what, a month ago mm-hmm. uh, with Atlanta? So he's just keeping that team afloat. Um, and they made the play-in. And, again, Trey Young, he's, a, he's phenomenal. Um, I'm not going to count anything against Quinn Snyder there. Uh, but ultimately, I think it comes out to – they got Jimmy Butler, too. Uh, Miami does. Even though the Hawks swung for Dante Murray mid – or last offseason, excuse me, there. Um, but ultimately, I think the Miami Heat, they get it done, and they will take on the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs this year. Uh, Chris, I'll go to you next here. How do you see your heat uh, doing as the Hawks tomorrow night? Um, I hope a win. Um, I know Miami this year we really
2: didn't go after anybody in the offseason. we wanted to kind of keep our pieces um, and every single time and I told you guys when Miami wasn't going after anybody we weren't gonna train anybody we weren't gonna trade for anybody we're just gonna keep our we're just gonna keep our guys and that's really it. Uh, I told you guys we were going to fall. We were not going to be the same team. there's like it is very hard in sport very hard to keep all 53 NFL players on the same team. And, you know, say the Buffalo Bills, right? Buffalo is kind of used to this where, you know, they have a really good season. If they keep their guys, they're going to win, right? Not usually the case. A player may go down with injury. Uh, That guy had really, you know, was kind of a one and done year. And he's not the same production, you know, and it's same for the NBA, You keep your 15 guys, you're just getting older. That's not really the best part of it. You're not really getting better with just having your same people. And I told y'all, Miami just wasn't going to have a great year. And this is where we kind of fall. So I say Miami is going to win this game against the Hawks. And I'll give my spoiler for this. I don't think um, Miami is going to beat Boston. I hope a a game seven. I hope that if Boston wins, no matter what, I want a game seven. Because, A, if Boston has to go through us, they're going to go through us. They're not going to sweep us.
0: Oh, yeah, we saw last year.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I want the same thing when we saw last year, and you and I were both having fun with each other during that time. I'm just like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I do believe – Miami is a strong team. The culture is strong. And the identity is a very tough team. I just think when you have the same guys and there's no – like, oh, you you know, if you bring somebody in, then the chemistry is off and all this stuff. But, like, if you're not getting better, you're going to get worse. So no one's always – you know, no one is the same every year. So for Miami, we're going – I think we're going to beat the Hawks. I think the Hawks are more on a down curve than up. So I think we're going to beat them. And then Boston, I'm just hoping at least a game six or seven. I'm hoping seven, but that's my pick and my preview. If Miami wins, then great. <laughs> been, been awesome. Obviously, Then I'm like, you know what? We win because we beat Spencer's team, and that's all I care for. If we get swept against, I don't even know who we play. Because um, it's not like – it's seven versus one. It's kind of that tournament style where, like NCAA, where you don't play the worst team. Am, am I right? Am I right or wrong on that?
0: I'm uh, ready it's like a quality. bracket. So yeah, it's like the tournament. You'd move on. Yeah, you just uh, move
2: on. You don't play like we don't play Philly if they win. You
0: would play Philly if they if you beat Boston in the hypothetical scenario. We would. Philly Brooklyn. We wouldn't. You would. Yeah. Oh, that's how it is.
2: So it's like that. There's no
0: reseeding. It's not the NFL where it reseeds.
2: Okay, because that's what I was saying. Like. like, okay, we don't have to play Philly if um, it's like that. So okay. Now, oh, it is Milwaukee? Wait, Milwaukee's one, right?
0: Who's Milwaukee's one. Yes.
2: Okay, never mind. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. I'm... All right. Sorry. Uh, a little buffer, but that's what I was saying. It's like, we don't play number one. I thought Philly was one for whatever reason.
0: I don't, have, I don't have my
2: stats up here. I have all my NFL stuff. So forgive me, <laughs> viewers. So. Uh-oh. Uh, anyway, with Miami, if they win against Boston somehow, I'm, I'm in the season great on that. Mike, we beat Spencer's team, I don't care. That's the only thing I have to say. Like, oh, you know, this and that, we beat, we beat y'all's butt, okay? So we beat, we beat Jason Tatum, we beat the great Jason Tatum, and in Dalton's eyes, the greater Jason Brown. So, you know, we, we did fine, you know, we, we have, we'll have a fine year. Uh, if we compete, that's all I care about. Just no sweep. So get in the playoffs, <laughs> no sweep. I'm fine.
0: Yeah. Anyway, okay. We'll get to that any second on how the first round goes. Uh, but Dolan Fish is off. How do you see the Heat Hawks playing game going?
1: I have the Heat winning that game as well. Um, no further explanation. I think that uh, both of you all have uh, have covered it pretty well. And, uh, I'm expecting a Miami heat win tomorrow night.
0: All right. On to the other, the West coast or the Western Conference, excuse me, side of things, the Timberwolves and the Lakers. Again, the West, it came down to the final day for all those seedings because of how wild it is. And the Timberwolves, it got really interesting. If you didn't catch that, uh, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson, get into it. Uh, some expletives were thrown at both sides, were thrown at each other. Uh, Gobert punches uh, his teammate Kyle Anderson, which is it's funny but awful at the same time, especially when you realize Minnesota give up so many picks to try to get um Rudy Gobert last offseason. And it comes down to you know, he decided to throw a punch and get kicked out. You have McDaniels, uh, who who, who punched a wall. Uh, for Minnesota during a timeout, which, second that makes Gobert look like the second-worst punch that it was because you had a player that was just angry and punched with a hand injury, McDaniels. Uh, Gobert suspended, naturally. You can't just punch a teammate on TV in the middle of a huddle during a timeout. That's just not going to fly. It's not kosher. Uh, although I do love Anthony Edwards. I think he could do enough uh, but there's no, this isn't Pat Bev's team. Pat Bev's in Chicago. Uh, he ain't gonna help out with the uh Timberwolves this year in the play-in tournament. Um, and again, I did not think I'd be sitting here a month ago or so. Um, like back when the Lakers made all those trades, you know, Rory Hatchamura, uh, getting D'Lo back, I didn't think they'd be making a play-in tournament appearance. I thought if they did, I thought it'd be like you know, nine, maybe eight maybe 10. I did not think seven was in the cards for uh, this year's Lakers team here. Um, Although uh, noted right now, Anthony Davis doubtful for the game. So is D-Lo. That is as of, you know, today status wise, Uh, either way, it's the Minnesota just so much happened yesterday. Even though they got the win over the Pelicans. I just think it's a lot to process. And I think the Lakers, are gonna get it done and get the W over the Timberwolves and the Lakers. If that holds, they would advance to take on the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. So I think the Lakers get the Grizzlies this year. Uh, Dolan, I go to you next. How do you see Lakers and Timberwolves going down? Hmm. Uh,
1: I, I think, I think I want to go with the Lakers uh, yeah yeah okay yeah not gonna overthink it let's just go with the Lakers um and uh I have to say like at home okay sure um Playing well, I guess. Um, Yeah, go ahead and put me down for the Lakers to win this game.
0: All right, gotcha there. Uh, Christian, how do you see Lakers-Timberwolves going down?
2: I got Lakers as well. Uh, Losing Rudy Gobert, an amazing uh, player for Minnesota. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's just really funny. Like, okay, we we know who's the one. Who messed up the stuff up over in Utah when Donovan Mitchell and Rico Bear played together as teammates. I think I think it's just hysterical, just because you you get trained to a team, new culture, and you're trying to kind of repaint your image as like the you know, you were the better one in the divorce, right? And Donovan Mitchell is just honing the Cavs, just making the Cavs look the most dominant they've ever been. Uh, since LeBron has left, and it, it's so amazing, it's so amazing for Donovan and Cleveland right now. In Minnesota, they have, you know, luckily to seven and eight. So if they lose this game, they'll have another shot of being in the play-in or the playoffs. Excuse me, but I think the Lakers—they're a little bit—they're hotter. Um, their chemistry seems better, even though AD's out. It's not a shock, right? We already know AD's going to be out. Uh, A.D. Breves, he may be out for two to three weeks. So it's just how A.D. has been uh, over the last several years. So King James is going to take care of business against just uh, just a whiny downhill Minnesota Timberwolves. So I got the Lakers in this, and we shall see what happens with Minnesota when they play uh, either the 9 or 10
0: team. Yep. On speaking of 9 or 10, on to Wednesday night, ESPN has those broadcasts. Starting at 7, you have the Chicago Bulls taking on the Toronto Raptors. Uh, a game played in Toronto. Uh, I just, I don't know what to make of this Kings. I don't trust Toronto. They've looked so bad this year. Uh, but Chicago, they're also not very good either. Uh, one thing of note, O.G. Anobi, Fred Van VanVleet, listed as doubtful for the Raptors, Chicago Says they're fully healthy, Zach Levine and everything. Um, they, you know, get a couple wins late in the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Uh, I, I will go with Toronto just because they're at home. And uh Pascal Siakam is still amazing, even though I, I really want Chicago to win. I think that'd be a fun matchup there. Uh to see Chicago maybe try to make some noise if they can sneak into the playoffs. Uh a team that I, I had some decent expectations for. Uh, but give me Toronto they're playing at home. you know they're like a, a game separated in the standings uh could go either way, obviously, but just give me uh Toronto in this matchup here uh to don't we go How do you see Raptors and Bulls going down
1: um I'm gonna take the Chicago Bulls to win this game um nothing against the Raptors or Toronto or Pascal Siakam, or anybody. Um, But I just think that the the Bulls and Billy Donovan are going to get it done somehow, some way. Um, They'll come back into the
0: States with a W. All right. Uh, On to Christian we go. How do you see the Raptors and the Bulls going down? Ooh,
2: this is tough. Um... I don't think either team is going to make it. They they could, but I don't think it's going to be a very long uh, playoff year for them. But I'm also going to take the Bulls. I just think Billy Donovan has more experience. Um, even though Nick Nurse has won a championship, I just feel like there's going to be more with uh Chicago, and I think I just think they have the better just backcourt or yeah. Uh, I think with Zach Levine, they're much better off and with Toronto and Pascal Siakam. So I'm going to take the Bulls. Uh, maybe they can get a little bit of glory getting back into the playoffs, but I just don't see them – I don't see Toronto getting too far. They kind of barely got to the spot. Um, you know, they're 41-41, you know, as basic as you can get, as even as you can get. But I think the Bulls are a little bit more hot because they had to – really play really well towards the end of the year to get in. So I got Chicago.
0: All righty. On to the West side of things here. Uh, we have the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma city thunder and uh, should be a fun matchup there for me. I'm going to ride with the most exciting team we've had all year. Uh, and that is the Oklahoma city thunder with uh gilge, Alexander you have a Josh Giddy having a great year. You have rookie Jalen Williams, who, if anyone, if Paolo Carroll did not exist, he might have had a legitimate case to be the rookie of the year this upcoming year. Uh, I'm just taking the Thunder. I mean, the Pelicans. I don't know what to make of them because Zion, he's always injured, and they still doesn't seem to matter because obviously they did enough to get into the play-in tournament, uh, even without Zion. Who again, they've rolled. He's gonna be out for at least the foreseeable future who would have thought that obviously he's not, we didn't see this coming uh, before, but again, just give me Oklahoma city. Shea Gil, just, even though CJ has got some experience, obviously Val had some experience uh, in these do or die moments. I'm going with the thunder to take down the Pelicans. Don to you. We go. How do you see thunder Pelicans going down? I'm going
1: to take the, uh, the thunder to win this game too. Um, I just think Shaggy gilders Alexander is uh just I don't, he's going off I I don't know that's not proper uh he's he's playing really really well this year and um I um I mean Spence you hit all the points um Josh Giddy and. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. I mean, just they're playing really well. And I don't know, like, I guess um, I would say they have, they kind of just have like that chip on their shoulder almost. Like, just playing, they're just playing basketball and they've, they're, I, if I'm not mistaken, their oldest guy is 29, not even 30. So they have a very, very young roster. And the fact that they're doing this is uh, something almost uh, almost admirable. So, um,
0: yeah, I'm going to take SGA uh, and the win. All right. Uh, Christian, how do you see Thunder and Pelicans going down?
2: I would really like to see OKC win. Uh, With New Orleans, you know, you mentioned it, Zion is just always hurt. So, with SGA, I mean, he just seems like he is really carrying his team to, you know, to make them, you know, compete for a little bit. You know, I love, and I already texted this to y'all, I think yesterday or Saturday, where it's awesome for Dalton. You know, Dalton's been an OKC fan for a very long time. Uh, loved KD, loved Westbrook, you know, in his, in the prom days in OKC. And, you know, he's been with him through the grinder when Westbrook was just triple devil mania. He was just killing it. Uh, and even in the bad years, <laughs> where, you know, OKC was just the worst thing in the NBA, he always took by But this year, credit to him, he wanted to be a local man. He wanted to be a fan of the local team, so he went to the Indiana Pacers. The year he does that, Indiana does not like the playoffs, and OKC does. I just think it's very funny, just because, of course, it's Dalton's luck with teams, where the second he decides to, you know, when you see, you know, when you're at a a concession stand, when you're in the line or whatever, and you've been in the line for so daggum long, you see a shorter line, you go to that line and guess what? You're still in the exact same place, and the people who were behind you in the other line you just left, they already got their food. So it's one of those kinda moments for Dalton. But I you know, back to being serious, I do think that OKC is going to get their opportunity to be in the playoffs this year. So I'm gonna pick OKC over New Orleans.
0: And both you guys going with the two ten seeds. Uh, I'm going just the one, even though I really wanted to pick. Uh, I just couldn't. I think Toronto's going to be a, a better matchup there, but we'll see what happens. Uh, one thing I need you to know, no Tennessee has ever won. It's only been uh, two years that they've done it this way, 21-22. Uh, so it's only the third year that they've done this, but I know Tennessee has won yet. Uh, and also the 7C is perfect um, for it, oh, and their matchups too. Again, that's a little side note there. On to the East 8 game and West 8 game. And again, for this, if our matchups that we predicted are are different, because at least for the uh, East side things, we have a little different matchup there. Um, Obviously, I will text Dalton Christian, get your updated picks before Friday um, when these games are contested. But the way I have it now, for me at least, is a Hawks and Raptors game. And with that being said, I'm going to the Atlanta Hawks. I think Trey Young in a one-game scenario. As much as I dogged him for you know the heat, and I think it's a coaching matchup there. Uh, I love Spostra over Quinn Star. You know, think Star a great coach there. Uh, I think Trey Young in a one-game scenario at home. You're playing against the Toronto team with that maybe without Fred VanVleet. Um, I think Trey can go off and have a fantastic game there. I think Dejounte Murray uh all of the hawks rosters you know collins on kongwu etc um it could be a very long night for toronto so i think the hawks at least sneak in as the eighth seed there so uh, give me the hawks over the raptors in my scenario for you guys you both have hawks taking on the the bulls uh to dawn we go there how do you see hawks and bulls going down
1: so I'm going to take the Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are going to make it into the actual postseason, not the play-in game. They're going to go and get in there and play some more basketball. Um, yeah. yep. No, no rhyme or reason. Just feeling. Just gut. Just whole yeah. gut. So I have no statistics for you um just completely honest i'm just going off the gut so i'm gonna take the bulls
0: all right that'd be a fun i hope you're right there uh to christian we go how do you see your hypothetical hawks and bulls matchup going down
2: um i'm gonna go with the best player that's gonna be on the court and that's gonna be trey young and the hawks um like i said i mean i think the hawks aren't going to be you know they have a ceiling on them and if they compete you know, against Milwaukee, that's going to be something. You know, I think that'll be really good for the Hawks fan base. But if, this, if the rumors are true where they could shop Trey Young, it's going to be a very hard offseason for them, uh, losing a guy like Trey. So I think this kind of like put a little more, you know, good morale of, around Atlanta and the Hawks fan base. Uh, I think they will win this game and they should compete against Milwaukee. I don't think it's going to be a great series for them, but I think Atlanta is going to take the dub over the Chicago Bulls.
0: All right. Out West, we do have the same matchup here. We will, again, if it's different, we'll discuss that uh, off the air here. But Timberwolves and Thunder, that's the matchup that all three of us have come up with here. Uh, I'll lead things off. I'm going to keep riding the Thunder here. I think that the Timberwolves, you know, there's really shaken up there. And maybe, you know, uh, as I believe it was Kyle Anderson said, you know, we're all grown-up men here. Uh, it's just nothing. And maybe they can kind of move on from it, kind of like, you know, preseason the Warriors. There's a Draymond Green and Jordan Poole incident that was out of practice that the veto got leaked and people were mad about it getting leaked more so than the incident itself there. Maybe they can move on from it quickly there. I think it's going to linger over the team. Uh, a little too much there. And also, I think that the job Mark all has done there with the Thunder just to get them in this. It's kind of a situation where, you know, they're so young that they don't know what they don't know. Uh, they're the youngest roster in the NBA in terms of average age, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's true, at least among the playoff teams or teams to make the playoffs that I know is a true thing for this year. Um, but like I, said, I think they're the youngest team in the league based on overall uh, or average age there, but give me the Thunder in a a bit of a surprise there for me there. Uh, Dolan, I'll go to you next. Thunder, Timberwolves, hypothetical matchup. How do you see that going down?
1: Yeah, um, you guys know I love country music. Uh, in the words of Garth Brooks, the Thunder rolls. Um, the resin, they roll into the next round. They keep playing basketball, and they're going to beat the Timberwolves. Um, the Thunder rolls and Shea Shea Gilgis-Alexander strikes. Um, The Thunder are going to keep playing basketball.
0: All right. Christian, how do you see a uh, potential Thunder and Timberwolves matchup going down? Wow, we have a
2: lot of um, uh, variety in our picks. Uh, (laughs) I think OKC as well. And I think it's the same reason as Spencer. Where I think this this issue, it's a growing issue that is going to be distracting to the team. We don't know if Rudy is going to play in this upcoming. You know, we know they're going to play against. He's not going to play against the Lakers. We don't know if uh, he will compete in the 8th uh, seed game against. You know, if they do lose, you know, hypothetically. So for Rudy. And just the distraction of the team, it's going to cause, um, it's going to be on their minds and be like, man, if Rudy wasn't an idiot, he'd be playing this game and helping us. Uh, But I do take OKC. I think they're a way hotter team. And honestly, they probably, you know, have more of an edge, a little, you know, of a burning to try and prove themselves. And going up against Denver would be extraordinary to see them compete against them. So. I got OKC, Uh, you know, I know I'm the only one in the group that picked OKC because, you know, I'm,
0: you know, that kind of guy. So, yeah. All right. So on to the first round of the playoffs. And again, subject to change with a few of these matchups here. Uh, We'll lead things off with the Eastern Conference. Uh, The one seed out east, the Milwaukee Bucks. They would take on the eight game winner. Um, For me, I had them take on the Atlanta Hawks. And I think it's Milwaukee. I'm going Bucks and five, a gentleman sweep there. Uh, I think, you know, Trey Young, he's good enough to take one game. So that's why I struggle to pick a sweep there. uh, Just because, as bad as the defensive effort that the Hawks play, especially Trey Young, it's like he's not existent on that end. They're playing five on four. Uh, and, you know, the great team of Giannis, Jay Crowder, Chris Milton, etc. Uh, I do think there's one game in there where uh, Trey Young can go off and still a game there. So I'm going Bucks in five. That is my prediction there. Uh, Dalton, you have a little different matchup. You have Bucks taking on the Chicago Bulls. How do you see that matchup going down?
2: Yeah, the Bucs stops here.
1: I'm just full of it tonight, guys. I'm just saying whatever the hell comes to my mind. Um, yeah, the Bucs stops here. I'm going to take the Bucks in four games, an absolute sweep the Bulls never had a chance.
0: All right, Christian, to you, uh, if the Bucks and the Hawks face off, how do you see that going down? Um, I'm going to take the Bucks as well, shocker.
2: Uh, I think it's going to be... It's going to be four or five. It's going to be a sweep or a gentleman sweep. I'm going to say four. I'm going to be a little different. I'll say four because I don't think Atlanta can really match up well against them. I think Milwaukee, you know, they're hungrier to get another win Um, after they kind of, you know, you know, they just kind of flanged out. Last season, they want to have that edge on them, and Giannis wants to prove people wrong, even though he takes a million years to shoot a free throw. Anyway, <laughs> Um, I still have Milwaukee winning. You know, they're still they're a grudgier team, they're edgier team. Atlanta, they're just kind of, you know, they're just a poor rocket, just a little fumes just out. So I got Milwaukee, I'll say four just to be a little different, but if it's five, woohoo for Atlanta. I just don't see Atlanta pushing this past five.
0: I got you there. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I think five's kind of the peak. If it goes to six, I'll be a little surprised. And I have some questions there. Back to a matchup that this series we actually know will take place. And again, I'm just going down straight from like the bracket side of things. If you're looking at the bracket. So the four five matchup, Cleveland and New York, the Cavs and the Knicks. Uh, a little bit of a fun uh, matchup here in terms of, if you don't remember or don't recall, last offseason, Donovan Mitchell, when he was with the Utah Jazz, it like all off season, you know, it led up it was like Donovan's probably going to New York. Donovan to the Knicks. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast early in the off season or early season. I can't remember exactly when it came out. Uh, he's like basically he said, "I thought I was gonna be a Nick." Like it was basically you know the deal's kind of in place there, just gotta you know fish the parameters Um to fit. But like Donovan thought he was gonna be a Nick, and then the Cavs swoop in. And they give up that offer that they end up using to get um, Donovan to Cleveland. And Cleveland's in the playoffs for the first time since 1998 without LeBron James. Because LeBron, they've only made the playoffs during the LeBron years the first time. And then his second stint in Cleveland. Um, But that being said, I think the Knicks, you know, they can still make some noise. make it a little bit interesting uh, this year. You know, R.J. Barrett's been fantastic. Emmanuel quickly, he's coming on his own to where... He may potentially win sixth man of the year. Um, which would that would tick me off, but that's a side story there. Uh Jalen Brunson, that signing last offseason, it's worked out really well. But uh so I think they can still a couple games, but just give me the Cavaliers. Cavs and six. I think Jared Allen, Darius Garland, uh and well, Garland's doubtful. He's injured. Um, but just give me that because again, it's it's early. They don't play until next uh, till Saturday. So give me diamond Mitchell and company there. I think they will get things done. And I'm going Cavs in six. Don, we'll go to you next. How do you see Cavs and Knicks going down?
1: I have the New York Knicks winning in six games, barely beating the Cavs. And I think the Cavs have a really good team this year, but I just like the Knicks a little bit
0: better. All right, to uh Christian we go here, Cavs and Knicks. So do and I splitting the series here. Uh but do you think six games. How do you see that one going down?
2: I am going to say Cavaliers in five. I think so in the Cavaliers. I just think they're on a hot streak. New York, they're very roller coaster where I mean if you listen to Stephen A. Smith, they lose about you know, six, seven games. You know, the entire world is ending, you know, you know, the the freaking United States has fallen. Knicks are terrible. Oh, my God. The world's ending. You know, revelation is here. Knicks go on a five game winning streak. Oh, my gosh. Everything is perfect. The world is amazing. Holy crap. That's what you would get for the New York Knicks. I feel like New York is going to hit that streak. And we're going to have very sad but yet funny uh, Stephen A. Smith on first take. So I think Cleveland, I think they're a better team right now. Uh, I think they're hotter. They have the better star. So I'm going to pick Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers to win in five. Now, in five is a little stretch, you know, or now stretch. It's a little bit more, I guess, shocking because they're both, you know, very similar teams and record. But I just think Cleveland, when they're hot, they're very hot and they're very good. And I think, you know, with this little break right now, preparing for New York, I think they'll be in a better case than New York. So I still got the Cavaliers in.
0: All right. On to the next series there. The 76ers taking on the Brooklyn Nets, two division rivals, the teams that have uh, some history together. Um, I-, I think it's Philly. Philly has Joel Embiid, the frontrunner for the MVP right now. They still have James Harden. Uh, who knows how long that's going to be there. But Hardy obviously last offseason took a pay cut, wanted to stay in Philadelphia, wanted to build a contending roster around himself and Joel Embiid. And, again, while Brooklyn's interesting because, you know, you got Mikhail Bridges, who has fascinatingly never missed a game since he was in high school. It was the last time he missed a game when he was sick. Um, it's a nice story, but the the Nets, they're not the Nets that they were, you know, before the trade deadline, Kyrie's not walking through that door. Kevin Durant's not walking through that door. And while I do like the pieces they were able to acquire from those teams in those deals, getting Dinwiddie back, uh, obviously, like I said, Mikel Bridges, you got basically the entire depth of the F- Phoenix Suns. Um, I still think Philly's a better team. And I'm going Sixers in five. I thought about six for a while, but uh, they, I looked at the when they played head-to-head. And the Sixers seem to easily dominate that. So give me Sixers. In five games, uh, I'll go Dalton next here. To uh, how do you see the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets going down? Interesting,
1: interesting games. I mean, just absolutely off the wall, bonkers, just incredibly terrific. Um, I am gonna go with the Brooklyn Nets in seven games to pull this one out. Um, I think. That Philly is, don't get me wrong, really good. Joel Embiid definitely should get some MVP votes, definitely deservingly so. Um, but I think as a team, as a whole, I just believe in Brooklyn a little bit more uh, to get it done when they got to get it done. Uh, and I think that Jacques Vaughn has done a really good job uh, when... Kyrie and KD weren't there. Uh and so the fact that the Nets are still in the playoffs without KD. I you know Spencer hates Kyrie, so I'm not even gonna count Kyrie. But I I just without KD, period, and we're talking about the we'll probably get to this later, but the Suns being contenders, I just gotta give respect to the Nets where it is due. Not that the Seventy Sixers aren't worthy of that same respect, but I think the Nets uh, have a little bit more to prove, and I think they'll get it done in seven games.
0: Oh, wow! So a little fascinating there. I was not expecting uh, you to go there, big. But... So Christian, uh, be the deciding uh, pick. Pick here. Uh, I went six and five, uh, Dongo and fully Nets and seven. How do you see that one going down? Uh, Philly in seven. I think Brooklyn can compete.
2: I think they've heard the conversation of they have nothing without Kyrie and KD, and it'll drive them. But Philly is just a better team. I think Joel Embiid is going, you know, he has all the talk, all the smack talk. Philly, I know a buddy from Philadelphia, and believe me, they are a very hard city and can get very, uh, like, stiff in criticism where they want to just prove your ass wrong. They just are not this team that wants to just, you know, you to kind of, like, push them aside. So I think Philadelphia will win. It will be tougher than what people expect, right, because Brooklyn doesn't have their stars anymore. So what kind of do they have? So I think it will be a tougher series, but I still have Philadelphia winning overall. Honestly, it could be, like – you know, a six game scenario, maybe a five, six scenario, but I still got Philadelphia in seven.
0: All right, back to (laughs) a a series again, matchup to be determined based on the results of tomorrow's game, but we all said the Miami Heat will win. So the Heat taking on the Boston Celtics, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference finals. that went to seven games, Uh, a series that I think we both knew it was going to go to seven. It just felt like, Last year, those two teams matched up really well. And, again, it's interesting with the Celtics just from, again, being my team, uh, you know, what they've gone through this year with Imei Yudoga getting suspended before the year started, uh, promoting Joe Mazzula, who just a few years ago was coaching Division Two college basketball. Now he was at one point coaching the best record in the NBA Boston Celtics. They slipped it to, no harm, no foul there. Um but they're taking on Miami, and Spostra, like, last year in the conference finals, Spostra coached circles around Ime Udoka. And, again, they were a lot – I think Miami's a lot better last year. I think it just shows they were the one seed last year, whereas this year they're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, so I do think Jimmy Butler, Spostra, they'll muck it up a bit. I think they'll take one game. Would not shock me if they take two games. Uh, but, overall, I'm going Celtics and five there uh do you think Boston's better team this year Tatum Brown um if it goes if it goes to 7 even though Boston's got home court and i feel confident they would win that game it would just aggravate me to no ends just because it was it seems like a series you could have ended earlier and take some wear and tear off your players but i digress i'll go to christian next how do you i know you uh talked a little bit earlier how do you see this series going if it is Celtics and Heat if it's Celtics Heat I want – what I
2: want and what I think are two different things. I would like to see Miami mm. sweep their ass. That would be the funniest thing. I would ap- I would never let that down <laughs> for the entire offseason. We sweat your butt. I don't care. We get swept by the next team we play. I don't care. We sweep Boston. Um, what I think it's going to be Boston in six. Um, I think Miami, at least one at home, is going to get the dub, and they could steal one on the road. I think Miami is that, like, they're not the best, but I think they're good enough to where they can steal one where it's predicted to be more Boston. So I'm still, I still think Boston is a much better team. You know, they're not the same team that they were last year, but they're still a very good squad. And Jason Tatum is, you know, unreal on the court. Him and Jimmy Bauer are going to just show off. Um, Like I said, I just don't think Miami is the same unit that they were, and hopefully they can actually go after somebody in free agency. Not just like, okay, we like our guys. We want our guys to stay here. Um, So I still have Boston in six. I want it to be, you know, six or seven. You know, if Miami does lose, just compete, just no sweep, and I'm good. Um, But even though I want my boys to win down in the Vice City, I still have Boston going over.
0: I got you there. Uh, To Dalton, we go. Celtics-Heat, that's what you had hypothetically matching up. How do you see that one going down, Dalton?
1: Uh, I'm going to take the Celtics uh, to win in uh, six games. Um, Yeah, nothing against Christian's Heat team. I just believe that the Celtics are going to – Advance uh with some really really good play from their guards, especially Jalen Brown, not Jason Brown,
2: Christian, my bad. my bad, I knew the second I'd said it I'm like that's not right
1: um but uh yeah i I just uh, I think I think they will uh they'll pull it out somehow
0: all right on to. The Western Conference side of things here, uh, in our hypothetical scenario, we all have the same matchup here. Nuggets would take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, that's how we foresee it going down. And if that's the case, as much as we all have decided we love the Thunder, especially in the play-in tournament, I had to go with a sweep here. Nuggets and four. Uh it's one of those like you know, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, but also it's a complete mismatch. You got the Joker, the two-time MVP, who at one point seemed like a a uh, runaway for a third straight MVP, and he'll be second this year. And he, um, at least is what it looks like. Um, but the Nuggets, there's a lot uh better team, better coach than the Thunder, which is no shame. Uh, because there's a lot of teams you know bow out early in the playoffs. Um that were really give me look at last year's brooklyn team they were they had two the top league and they got swept by the celtics in the first round um so give me nuggets in four if they take on the oklahoma city thunder like uh don how do you see nuggets in thunder going down if that is a playoff matchup this year thunder in six i am riding it
1: and nobody can stop me i'm on this train I may not be a complete fan of them anymore, but I am riding this puppy until I can't anymore. So, ha, take that. The Nuggets are not advancing.
0: Okay. Dolma, the would be one of the biggest upsets in NBA playoff history, a team that in the standings, if they were to upset the number one overall seeded team in the NBA. So, uh, to Christian we go, how do you see the Nuggets and the Thunder going down? Uh, Nuggets and four.
2: I like, I feel like, you know, OKC, they can, you know, they're a young team and they can take this as a learning experience, but I just do not think OKC is deep enough and have the talent enough to, talented enough to beat a team like Denver, who for years has always been kind of there, but not on the mountaintop. So they're getting close every year, just not hitting it. So I think Denver this year could definitely uh, make an impact and get into that Western Finals conversation, but you gotta beat OKC, okay, and they're not gonna take him lightly. So I'm just gonna say Denver and four.
0: All right, on to a matchup that we do know the matchup for. Uh, I gotta keep saying that just because of how the way that this uh, the play-in tournament is, and when we record, because we only do once a week. Um, so we'll go Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Clippers. Only a game that's separate them the standings there. Uh again, this it's weird just because Phoenix, you know, they made the midseason trade to get Kevin Durant. Uh, and Paul George, who knows if he will play. He's been ruled out for a while for the Clippers. Uh, but they do have Kawhi who's playing on a great level again after missing all of last year with an ACL tear. Um and Chris Paul, who knows what he's going to be up to. He's getting old. But Devin Booker's still there. Uh, I think it goes to seven. I do. But in a game seven, winner-take-all game, give me Kevin Durant. Even though I know a couple of years ago when they played Milwaukee, they lost because his foot was on the line. Uh, and they also they were gassed in overtime. They just could not uh, keep up. They were all tired because the Stars that year played every single minute that game, it seemed. Um, when we took on Milwaukee and Milwaukee went on to win the championship. Uh, but give me Suns over the Clippers. Give me seven games, and like I said, in a winner take all game seven. Even though Kawhi hit that one shot a few years ago back when he was with Toronto against Philadelphia. Um, again, okay, that would be a fascinating duel, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, game seven in Phoenix. I just think Kevin Durant. If you give me one game, I'm taking Kevin Durant, and I'm not looking back. So. But I do you think it's gonna be a very fun series nonetheless there? Uh to Dole we go. Suns and Clippers. How do you see that series going down?
1: Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Um Dang. I am torn. Um, but I think this is uh this is going to be a fine, fine decision that could really bite me in the you-know-what uh, if it doesn't work out, and uh, I'm gonna go different again, I'm gonna go with the clips the clippers um, clippers in give me six I'll take the clippers in six, somehow they figure it out, and they pull it off
0: all right Uh, Christian, how do you see these Suns and Clippers going down? I got the Suns. Um, I just think they're way more
2: talented right now. And you have a unit like Devin, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant. They're going to make you pay. It's very it's very star heavy in this. You got Kawhi, you got Paul George, you got uh you know, you got K D, you got Devin, you got Chris, you got guys who are very, you know, at the top level of the NBA, but I think Phoenix is, you know, I think they're just better. I think they have better talent and they have more riding on it than uh, the Clippers do. So I got uh, the Suns in about, I'll say Suns in seven. I think it's going to be one of the better
0: series in the playoffs this year. So I got Suns in seven. All right. To the next series, one that uh, you have a fan base that's been waiting a long time to hear this. The Sacramento Kings, they're in the playoffs and they take on the Golden Warriors winners of four of the last eight game finals, including last year. Um, gosh, that sucks for the Kings. Cause you got the Warriors who, you know, kind of threw in the town in the regular season. You had Andrew Wiggins miss about 20 something games with the uh, personal issue. Uh, he, apparently family related again. I'm glad to see these guys family affairs in order. He's back with the Warriors. You know, I'm glad to hear everything's going all right there. Um, again, the Warriors are the Trinity pick just because, again, it seems to me it's a very reminiscent of, and I like to cite some references, a few years back when you had uh, the Thunder, not the Thunder, excuse me, the Lakers, you know, the year after they won the title, they were in the play-in. They match up with the Phoenix Suns and a Phoenix Suns team that you know, just had never, you know, had missed the playoffs for about 10 straight years or so at the time. And everyone's like, okay, it's Phoenix. They don't know anything. They're not very good in the playoffs, even though they have Chris Paul. Booker's going to sh- uh, choke. You got the defending champs here. Uh, and they're going to shut him down. And LeBron, I believe, got injured. Davis got injured, and LeBron didn't do that well in Phoenix 1, I believe, in five games that year. Uh, so again, with that in mind, again, I'm not saying Golden State can't do that. They still have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, etc. Uh, they're still a very talented roster in the Kings. I mean, the metrics show they have a really good offense, but a really awful defense. Which Golden State, they got a really good defense too. I mean, they got Draymond who won a couple of Defense Play of the Year awards. Um, but I'm going Sacramento where they're just young and you know. Play with, you know, just play loose. You don't have to tighten up. It's like you don't know what you don't know. Kind of deal with a lot of these guys. He's you in know, Barnes on the Kings. You know, played all you 2 games this year. Former Warrior. Won a title back in the early days of the Dynasty run there. Um, and then, you know, training for Sabonis, getting rid of Halliburton, who a lot of people love, including myself. Uh, and Pacers fans love Halliburton now. I'm going to pick the Kings in an upset here. Even though they are the three... I think it's safe to say if the Kings win, it would be an upset. Just given the Warriors, you know, they're the defending champs, and they've won four of eight. and You know, they haven't lost in the Western Conference playoffs since 2015 when they lost to the Clippers. They've literally, when they made the playoffs, they win. They make it to the finals because the years they missed it, they missed the playoffs entirely. Um, so that would be a huge upset. Like I said, 2015, Clippers, the last team to knock out Golden State in the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, but I'm going Kings in six, light the beam. I think we're getting this, and the Kings are going to make it to the second round of the playoffs this year. Uh, Dawn, I'll go to you next. How do you see the Kings and the Warriors taking off?
1: I'll take the Kings in seven. Uh, you said it, light the beam. Uh, so over said and completely unoriginal at this point. Um, but. I'm gonna be cheering on some former cats, De'Aaron Fox and uh, Malik Monk, uh, sure. teammates once more. And uh, this time, you're not in college; you're in the pros, and you're trying to win an a NBA title instead of a national championship. So, yeah, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Kings. And also, a tidbit I'm sure you guys knew this already because we have the internet, but. The Golden State Warriors are awful on the road this season. Awful. Awful. They're terrible. They're terrible on the road this season. So, advantage, I think, the Kings. And also, come on, who plays defense? Be honest with me. Who the hell even plays defense? Remember the Mavs? Remember the Mavs? Okay, Luka doesn't play defense. What happened to the Mavs last year? Come on, tell me.
2: Lost the cover. What, what happened to them this year?
1: Okay, hold on, Christian. We're talking about. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking, homie. Come on, I'm I'll, I'll let you to, talk.
2: You seen the match this year? You don't have to go last year. Kyrie
1: know. tanked their season. He took a massive bazooka and he shot down their chances of making <laughs> got, the season.
2: Why? Why did they lose? Because they didn't play. Because Kyrie was playing. Oh, because Ky, yeah, because they didn't play defense at all. Well, I'll I'll help oh. you finish your sentence.
1: Okay, thank you. you. Learned thank learned you very much. Like Luca. You,
2: did, you didn't play defense, and then Luca, you blame it on another person. Like, well, they didn't play defense. Okay,
1: okay. Luca didn't play defense last year, and they made it to the conference final. So obviously, defense, other person it shows, that defense does players. not matter that other good
2: much. Defensive players. How's that hard? And other good defensive players on their team that wasn't involved with <laughs> Luca. You think Jamal Green's going to drop 50 a night against the Kings?
1: No, I don't.
2: What is he What is he going to be? The best defensive player. That's what okay. he's saying. Okay. You can't guard everybody. I know, but he's still. You he have plays. guys who can play defense enough to, you know, level that playing field. If, okay. you, have just, if you have just five guys who can't play defense at all, then all you're right. going to be screwed.
1: Maybe. Maybe you could. Maybe.
2: Or, Or
1: you can just put up points and not have to worry about it.
2: Well, not everybody has you know the hottest hand of all time, and they're not going to go twenty for twenty in the three point line.
1: You can't. Okay, I don't even know where you're getting these numbers from because I'm, I'm that just doesn't.
2: exaggerating, boy.
1: You be doing a hype, some hyperboles, some hyperboles yes. up in here. A lot of no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, before I was just abs- ridiculously interrupted. Thank you. I uh, yes, Spence. I'm going to take the Kings to to win a, to win their series.
0: All right, to Christian we go. How do you see this uh series going down?
2: Okay, I guess I'm the only one. I'm gonna go Golden State. I understand that they're bad on the road, but holy crap, they have the better players, and I think they're more yeah, experienced. Yeah, you... And you don't know. Uh, what? Do one
0: now. If you're Golden State.
2: Yeah, you have to win one game yeah, on the road. Winning, you have got to win, win one road. Yeah, you have, like you have De'Aaron Fox who has never been in the playoffs. You have Malik Monk, who if they were if he was in the playoffs, he was in he was a freaking bench warmer in Charlotte. And Sabonis has probably had the most experience because he's been in Indiana and his early days were in OKC. So you don't have a tremendous team that has great experience like Golden State. And Zally like Golden State has been in the playoffs. They have won national champ they have national championships. They've won the NBA title multiple occasions, years in a row. It's not like Steph Curry is shot. It's not like Klay Thompson is shot. Draymond Green is not the same offensive player he was when he was younger, but he's still a wild defensive dude, and he's going to make some plays. And Andrew Wiggins coming back helps him a ton. Again, one game on the road is feasible. I'm not saying Golden State's going to win the NBA championship. I don't think it's going to be that. They're not that good. But I still do think Golden State – has enough to win on the road. So I'm going to say Golden State in six. That's what I believe. I think Golden State can win multiple, maybe not back-to-back nights. When they're in Sacramento, I think they are going to lose one of those games for sure because they're not great on back-to-back nights, you know, when they're on the road a ton. So, you know, they're not the best team with that for whatever reason. I still think Golden State takes it
0: up. Yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, I, You know, Christian, I think that that is a really good take. And uh, I hope that you're right. Um, I also hope that Golden State remembers to pack their chemistry uh, and that they don't forget it when they go to Sacramento.
0: All right. It's going to be a fun series. That's the one that's probably the most contentious. Uh, Of course, if the Warriors win in four, then it's all over. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, on to the final first round matchup here. Again, depending on how the seven game goes tomorrow between the Lakers and Timberwolves, we all picked the Lakers to win that. So it's Grizzlies taking on the Lakers. It's one of those deals where they have LeBron James, so I can't pick a clean sweep there. And Memphis, you know, they're now without their own issues there. Obviously, you know John Morant uh, last past. Some mental health things, uh, and you know other situations where he flashed a flash gun at a strip club, allegedly. Well, not allegedly, he did in Denver, and some other stuff. It's this evolving Java rant. But then you have um, you know Jackson Jr. and others. It's like it's going to be a very good thing. Uh, that being said, I do think Grizzlies in five, but I think it's going to be one of those five games where each game is competitive and like. Like, I don't think the Lakers can going to get raised out of the building every single game there. But Memphis, it's a fun team there. And I love her them to have some success there. Uh, it's probably of my favorite teams to watch when I get a chance to catch them. So I'm going Grizzlies in five over the Lakers in this scenario here. Uh, Dolan, how do you see uh, Grizzlies-Lakers going down?
1: Grizzlies and Lakers, what an absolute... Basketball game. Uh, I am going to take um, the Lakers, just barely, uh, to pull that one out. Um, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why.
0: Ain't nothing but a heartbreak. Because,
1: that's right. That's right. No, Ain't nothing right, but a it, heartbreak.
2: Ain't nothing not but me a mistake. Tell you why, it's just tell me why. Get, get it right. Oh, fair enough. Sheesh. You criticized me for talking about Jason. Jason Brown. I'm gonna criticize you for. Let me tell you how. Yeah, tell you why. This is Spencer, this is like a beef. This is a beef off. That's all. Spencer was
1: the one that messed it up.
2: No, it's both of you. <laughs> okay.
0: Whatever.
1: Both of whatever. You. All right. We're all, right. To,
2: we're all to blame for this crapshoot.
1: Okay. Uh, because. The Memphis Grizzlies are awful on the road, so that's the reason. That's the reason why I'm going to pick the Lakers. And uh, here's hoping that they actually make it past the play-in, because if they don't, uh, two of my picks are screwed. Um, But, yeah, it's the underdog season, boys. I am taking the Lakers and the Thunder both advancing and knocking off the top two seeds. Which, coincidentally, if you're, you know, following along, you can pretty much see where my bracket's going. But yeah, give me the give me the lake show.
0: And, How many uh, games?
1: Oh, and and uh, thank you, thank you, Spencer. I almost forgot about that. Um, give me, give me six games.
0: All right. Uh, and Christian, finish up our first round. How do you see the NBA, uh, the Grizzlies and the Lakers, if that is the matchup? How do you see that going down?
2: I think Grizzlies in seven. Um, I think they're, you know, they're trying to still get back on their feet. Memphis is, and they're trying to, you know, get that chemistry working. So I think they're, you know, they're a younger team. They're a hungrier team. You know, AD may just make an appearance, and then, you know, he may get, uh, he may get spooked by the Jumbotron. And he's out for two to three weeks. How whatever happens, he'll you know somehow roll his ankle and get hurt. So I still think that Memphis is better and just as a team overall. I think they're coached better. You know, even though the better player, of course, is LeBron James, even the second best player is arguably A D when he's not um when he's not wrapped up in uh you know the SpongeBob meme where the eyes just hurt all the time, you know, the bottom yeah. guy that's Anthony Davis. So, you know, even when he's fully healthy and nothing's contacting him at all, he's one of the better players. Uh, he's usually top three on the, on the floor as, you know, everybody. But John Moran, you know, he's still raw. He's still young. He's still talented. And he can take over a game. So I have uh, John Moran and Grizzlies winning barely. I have him in seven
0: uh, in this series. All right. So that's our NBA first round uh preview there on to our finals predictions uh we'll do eastern conference western conference and then nba uh finals after that so uh, i'll leave things off here out east i think it's somewhat chalk i guess uh well yeah it's exactly chalk because my bracket had the top four seeds winning um so at least to the finals i think it's gonna be celtics Taking on Milwaukee. I, again, in my scenario, I was going to do the math there. Boston beats Philadelphia. Milwaukee beats Cleveland. We'll, we'll see how many games, uh, if those are the matchups. We'll give those picks at a later date there. Uh, but give me Milwaukee. Give me Boston. And give me Boston. Like, I'm call me a homer. Uh, like, last year, I don't think I was that much of a homer to start the playoffs. I can't remember. You Maybe definitely was. were.
1: You definitely I, were.
0: I, was. I definitely wasn't when they had me. Actually, I had them win the wet, win the East, but losing to the Suns. I think, if I recall correctly, last year I lost my data from last year. Got delete on my laptop. Um, but give me Celtics, give me the Bucks, and the Celtics. They've dominated Milwaukee when they play. Uh, they lost a month or so ago when the starting like four of their starters didn't play, and they they lost in overtime. They win by forty last week or two weeks ago. Granted, Milwaukee on the second half of back-to-back. So you can take reading that what you want, but they won by 40. I think Boston matches up really well against uh Milwaukee. Uh they matched up really well against Philadelphia. I think Boston's rolling feast. Um and I uh, give me the Celtics over Bucks in the Eastern Conference this year. Uh Dalton, how do you see the Eastern Conference playoffs uh winding out this year? Um
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh I'm going to take Boston as one of them, and then, oh, wow. Um, you know what? Let's go a little bit different here. Let's go with the New York Knicks, uh, if that is correct in the whole bracket. I'm pretty sure. I'm happen. pretty sure that would be right. That could happen. Yeah. Perfect. That's what I figure. Um, yeah, give me Boston and the Knicks, and then I will go ahead and take Boston to advance once more, because simply, I believe, as long as naturally, uh, Boston has their best, or like one of their best defenders, um, Robert Williams, as long as he's playing, and Brogdon plays, um, and, you know, Tatum does his fair share, and Brown, and uh, Luke Cornette has to like have one game where he just like goes off. You know what I mean? Like he's got to have like one of those games. Um, yeah, I just think that Boston uh, is going
0: to advance. Man, Boston Knicks would be a fascinating one, especially if you on the in hockey you can get Bruins Rangers in the conference finals as well. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how that. The regular season. Season. Uh, but that could be wild if Boston and New York on both sides there. Uh, but Christian, I'll go to you now. How do you see the Eastern Conference shaping up this year? I'll go a little
2: bit different. I think it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks uh, finishing in the top half. And I think it's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Philadelphia can probably steal one uh, steal a series when they play against Boston. So I am going to take... Them too. And I'm going to say the Milwaukee Bucks are going to go into the finals. Um, I think it would be in, you know, six, seven game range. I think it's going to be a very tough series for both teams. But I think Milwaukee is just kind of better right now. I think they're, like I said, I think they are just hungry to get, uh, to be represented as the top team in the East. You know, they've been at the very bottom uh, for multiple years. They've kind of been in the ranks and they won a championship, but they're still hungry for more. So, I think Milwaukee can definitely get the job done. So, I got Milwaukee Bucks uh, winning
0: the winning
2: the Eastern Conference and going into the finals.
0: All right. Out West, I think it's going to shape up a little bit the same way. Although, I, again, you can never count Kevin Durant out. Um, but I just think the year that Jokic, that, uh, Jokic, excuse me, I cannot speak, has had, uh, this year it's gonna be fun, and I think that they can get through Phoenix there, uh, like Jamal Murray a lot and uh, Michael Porter and others. I think they can get the job done, get to the finals there, and then out west, give me the Grizzlies, uh, Grizzlies Kings. Who would have thought that? Um, again, if that's the case, we can get two teams who have never been to the finals, and the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. So, give me Grizzlies, give me Nuggets, and well, I, Memphis has struggled a lot there, um, and I get it. it would be fun to see the Joker in the finals uh, coming off back-to-back MVPs. I think that was happening to Giannis. He won, I'm double-checking. I think he won back-to-back MVPs, and then he wins the championship the next year um, with uh, Milwaukee there. So, I'm just uh, quickly double-checking. Yeah, he was the MVP in 2019-2020, NBA champion, and finals MVP in 21. So can can uh, Joker do the same thing that Giannis did, go back-to-back MVPs and win up, make it to the finals? Unfortunately, I think that's where the road comes to an end. There, give me the Grizzlies to take down the Denver Nuggets in a little bit of a stunner there, and I have Celtics-Grizzlies as my NBA Finals uh, this year. I think the West is full of chaos. A lot of teams like we get a first-time champion come in there. Um, so I think a lot. I think it's gonna be full of chaos but I'm going kind of chalky a little bit. Um, but give me Grizzlies over Nuggets there. Uh, Don, how do you see the Western Conference shaking out this year?
1: Yeah, I'm the complete opposite, and I'm perfectly okay with
0: that. Um,
1: assuming that all of my picks actually come come true, we will not have the one or the two seed in the Western Conference. Uh, we will start with the Clippers and the Kings, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or um, yeah, so okay, yeah, so give me the um, I'm actually gonna take the Kings as one representative, and then the Clippers as the other representative. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that, yeah, that sounds about right. That, that that definitely sounds about right. Um, and then actually, I'm going to take the Kings to win that playoff series and advance to the NBA Finals.
0: Man, that'd be a lot of fun. there, The Kings, that just you know, kind of like the uh, the Suns a few years ago, where they just had a long playoff drought. They end the drought long, make a deep playoff run, so that'd be fun there. Uh, to Christian, how do you see the Western conversation?
2: Uh, I think Phoenix can actually make a little run here. Uh, I think they can beat the Clippers, and I think they can upset against the Nuggets. And I think I'm going to pick Memphis to meet them in the Western Conference Finals. And even though I would love to see a rematch between the Suns and the Bucks from a couple of years ago, I'm going to pick Memphis. I think Memphis can upset a lot of teams. And I think Phoenix can be one of them. You know, Phoenix got a lot of uh, rid of a lot of their depth, getting KD, so I think that's going to hurt them in the long run. I think Memphis can get into the final position, and they'll make their first trip in the finals and really establish John Morant as the bright young star of the NBA.
0: All right, so on to the NBA Finals this year. For me, I have Celtics. Taking on the Grizzlies. and I'm not picking against my Celtics. Banner 18, I think, is coming this year. I think Boston's just a lot. I mean, again, if Boston somehow loses, I'm going to be devastated there. I've been on the bandwagon since last year when they lost in the finals. I mean, I've been a fan since 2007 when I started watching basketball. And I think the long-awaited, I mean, a drought, if you want to say 15 years, without a title. I think uh, a title's coming back to Boston, the title town. Uh, and I think the Celtics will take down the Grizzlies, get revenge from last year, losing into the final to the Warriors despite being up two games to one and being five minutes away from going up three to one. Um, it's a devastation on Jason Tatum and that company. And Joe Mazzulla, who started the year as the interim coach, who started as an assistant coach until training camp uh, in one of the most unlikely seasons ever. I'm going Celtics as the champions this year. Now, Don, you have Celtics and Kings going that down. How do you see that playoff uh, finals going down?
1: Um, I have got the Sacramento Kings in seven games. Uh, no offense to your team, Spence, but I believe that the Western uh, Conference champion will uh, basically come out on top again um and the luck for the Celtics will have run out and he'll have they'll have to go to a uh, leprechaun at the end of the rainbow to get more and uh for next season
0: All I I see you. I see you. I hear you Uh Christian Bucks and Grizzlies will be a fascinating finals there um I think it'll be very defensive finals there How do you see that series going down
2: I think it's going to be a very tough series but I think it's going to go maybe even five games to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think because of what you were talking about, Spencer, you don't know what you don't know. And Memphis has not been very far, you know, as an organization has been very far in the playoffs. I believe they've had moments in the Western conference finals when Zach Randolph was the main guy over there, but they really haven't tasted that gold, um, in the uh, NBA playoffs. So I think I'm going to take the Milwaukee Bucks winning in five. And I think Giannis is going to just kind of show the world, like he's the most underrated superstar in the NBA today. People talk about him a lot, but they don't really take him serious. So I got Milwaukee winning in five against Memphis Grizzlies.
0: All right. So that is our NBA – Playoff predictions. Again, lots of fun uh, matchups there. We will see how all of that goes down. And play-in starts. Again, by the time this is out tonight, uh, the playoff starts Saturday the 15th. Should be a very fun playoff. All right, on to the NFL, where I was not expecting anything. I th- I was just expecting a you know, roll-on. Just throw to Christian. Takeaway on the Draft Combine. I wasn't expecting any big-name free agent signings at this stage of the offseason. Um, and then Odell Beckham, who many thought was going to be a member of the New York Jets because Aaron Rodgers supposedly had a list. Hey, I want um, I want to play New York, which, again, that trade has not yet happened at the time of the recording. Um, I still of the Green Bay Packers, although fully expected to become a Jet. Uh not joining him as Odell Beckham Jr. He is going to join uh the Baltimore Ravens. He's going back to North, where again he spent a couple years in Cleveland. And Now he's been the Baltimore Ravens. And again, he didn't play last year, had 20 C on the Super Bowl. Um and I'm a little surprised with the contract lane. He's um I think it was I've read 15 million, it was basically getting. Like either signing bonus or base pay, and then he has a like three million incentive so he can earn up to $18 million next season with it's a one-year deal. Last like I said, did not excuse me play last year with a 20 CL. Uh he didn't I thought he was gonna like sign and play or at least you know rehab. I guess he's rehabbed all own. It's an interesting fit there because again, we know he's only 30 years old. He's about the same age as DeAndre Hopkins, and I when I hear DeAndre Hopkins, I think for some reason, I don't know why I associate him being, like, I think he's great, but I associate him, like, more older and on the downside of his career, even though both of the guys were drafted. Well, he Hopkins injured league in 2013, Beckham in 2014, so literally a year difference between the guys, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, what's his name? He's been more injured than Hopkins was, uh, but back to Beckham, that's the good. I mean, if they can bring back Lamar Jackson, which by all sides yesterday, you know there was a picture that got leaked necessarily. That's not the right word. Shared of Odell Beckham and Lamar on FaceTime with each other, then apparently party in Miami together. And Lamar Jackson, his issues with the Ravens, it's been documented the last few weeks. We've talked about it a little bit on the show a few weeks ago. Man, Odell Beckham is your last uh, hurrah to try to get Lamar back. And it ends up working. Then you know, who am I to judge? Like, I mean, again, I think Odell—he's a receiver. Um, His Cleveland stint was very up and down, depending on how you want to view it. With Baker Mayfield, et cetera. But his stint in uh, the Rams—he had five touches in in that regular season. Had two in the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong. He had one in the Super Bowl that year too. Um, He did have
1: one in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was on his way to potentially being a Super Bowl MVP before he tore his ACL in that game on a cut. Um, but again, if signing Odell Beckham gets you Lamar Jackson back, um, that's a that's a win in my mind there. And I hope that it does, because I love watching Lamar in Baltimore. Unless, of course, he wants to go to the Patriots. That's another story for another day. Um, but, yeah, it's a good signing. If we can get, like, what he had in L.A., that kind of production's there. Um, we've seen guys ACLs all the time, ACL injuries. It sucks, but we've seen guys come back. It's not, a, you know, it's a, not a career injury like it used to be years ago. And again, I hope they get Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr. That might be the best. in a short NFL career. I mean, from a talent perspective, Odell Beckham he. It's fantastic. So I hope that's what happens there. Um, if they don't get Lamar back, it's you know, Tyler Huntley or, you know, I'll be a rookie, which would be one of the worst-case scenarios, I think, if you're Baltimore. Because rookie quarterbacks don't usually have the playoff success. Uh, Brock Perry, notwithstanding, but that's a, that was a really extenuating circumstances with that. So we will see what happens going forward. Odell Beckham, he will at least be a member of the Baltimore Ravens in the twenty twenty-three NFL season. Uh I'll go to Christian next here. Uh your thoughts reaction when we uh when I shared the news with you guys I believe I was I shared it with you immediately as as soon as I saw it. Um that Odell Beckham he is going to be a member of the Baltimore Ravens this year. I think it's
2: big if they do get Lamar Jackson back. Uh this move is widely regarded as you know trying to get Lamar to come back to Baltimore because they know they screwed up. So, if Lamar decides to come back to Baltimore, this is huge for them because they have a very unfamiliar wide receiver room. Odell, Nelson Aguilar, who, you know, regarded as having bricks for hands, Rashad Bateman, who hasn't even had um, a thousand yards yet in his entire career, even though he's been in the league for several years now. So,. You know, they have a very inexperienced wide receiver room. It's better with Odell. And obviously they becomes the number one. And let's see what happens with uh, Nelson. Let's see what happens with Rashad. But if it is Tyler Huntley, if it is another quarterback they see on the market, if somehow they decide let's go after Matt Ryan or whoever they have to go after to settle in Baltimore. Um, it's not going to be great because you lose the great athleticism that is Lamar Jackson. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's a win to lose situation. You win with, you know, a really talented wide receiver with Odell, but if it's not the right quarterback throwing him the ball or trying to get him the ball, then it's going to be very difficult for Baltimore next season. So it's a good move sucks for New York because They can't pull off the biggest trade in the decade, Uh, even though last month, probably around this time, Aaron said, yep, I want to go to New York, and he's still a Packer. Come on now. Uh, And they waited too long, and Odell's like, I need to get paid. I need to make sure I'm on a team before the draft. I need to make sure uh, I have a spot for training camp. So Odell is going to Baltimore, and good luck to him with that. And, you know, Lamar, like, I know – Things aren't looking your way right now. Not a lot of teams want you. Get at least one of the teams that want you, the team that you're currently signed on for. Deal with it for another season and try to figure out a way to get traded or, in Dalton's case, get an agent and figure out uh, where to move your career on from after next season.
0: All right. Dalton, anything you want to add on the Odell Beckham to Baltimore Ravens move?
1: not really that much i think you all covered it perfectly um y'all did a pretty good job uh i don't really have anything else to add other than odell somehow got paid before lamar how does that make any sense it definitely doesn't um is odell gonna be playing quarterback next season Will we see Odell playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? That is a question that I actually have to think about now because Odell just got eighteen million for one year. That is, or excuse me, up to eighteen million. Um, and so that's a lot of money, and uh, I think it's totally worth it. Good move for the Ravens. I think as long as Odell is healthy, which. This is football, so take that for take that with a a, a grain of salt, because they're bound to get injured, I'm sure. The um, Baltimore already has got a better wide receiver core than they had before they signed him, so like I just think that it was a good move, regardless if Lamar's coming back or not, because you can always get another quarterback. And I feel like the Baltimore Ravens are going to be very frugal at that position regardless. So I mean, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I just feel like they're going to be very cheap and not pay their quarterback since history shows that they don't really need to pay quarterbacks and they can still win. So, um, yeah, I but I think that this is a good move for the Baltimore Ravens team. and you know, if Lamar comes back, he comes back. If they the Baltimore Ravens figure out one day, getting out of bed, that they're like, you know what? I think we're going to roll with Lamar Jackson. Then cool. That's cool. That's great. Uh, but if that's not the case, then it's time for the two sides to part ways. I mean, hell, it's almost draft day. It's two weeks, two and a half weeks from now. I mean, it's at the end of the month. And so... I'm sure there's a few quarterbacks in the draft this year or even next year that the Baltimore Ravens would happily, happily select, and they don't have a problem with it. Um, and now there's other ball clubs in the actual league that could use Lamar Jackson's services and use his talent and intellectuals on the field and off the field. Uh, can uh can really you know benefit. Uh, And I feel like Lamar could benefit from playing for a different team. That's just me. okay. I feel like kind of with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, this has just gone on way too damn long. This is just... We're just sitting back here twiddling our thumbs and waiting for action to happen. Uh, It's like watching a movie. It's like watching Dunkirk. Okay, You remember sitting in that movie theater while I do? I was sitting in the movie theater, and I was just sitting there for a good, solid... About 20, 25 minutes just twiddling my thumbs waiting for action to happen. And uh, that's just how the movie played out. And I guess that's just how these movies are playing out. It's taking longer than expected. And so that's just something that we have to, we as viewers and outsiders and uh, fake insiders and Twitter moguls and all this other stuff, uh, we just have to pay attention and watch um enjoy the movie while it's being played uh before it moves on to to a different one and uh you know this is uh this is gonna be cool i can't wait to see uh where where lamar goes from this point on especially after this type of move for the baltimore ravens
0: all right thank you for the insight there dalton now on to part three of our four-part draft preview series with christian Christian, take away, my man. So,
2: guys, like Dolan mentioned, we are two and a half weeks away. On Thursday, we'll be two weeks away from the NFL draft in 2023. And this week, what I am going to talk about is the NFC and AFC Eastern Divisions. So, these are very interesting divisions. Obviously, this year we have 31 picks in the first round. Now, why is that? Well, the Miami Dolphins have been loaded with just controversies behind the scenes regarding uh, racial claims by former head coach Brian Flores saying that they are discriminatory towards him and other coaches you know, in the Miami Dolphins organization. Also tampering stuff with Sean Payton and Tom Brady when they were on other teams. So Miami actually lost their first-round pick so they are actually not going to pick on day one. I don't know if they're allowed to draft on – or actually like draft that night. I don't know if they can trade in or not. I don't think so. If <laughs> They don't have a pick for a reason. They don't have a pick for a reason. But they have the second pick. They have their second, third, sixth, and seventh round pick. Um, so like mid-second round pick, where could they go there? Could they go another offensive weapon could they go more linebacker? I think they could make a steal over in the tight end side. And that's one of their big things is tight end could be a heavy need for Miami. So a tight end that's still up there that may not get drafted in the first round. It's not a very tight end friendly class, especially in the first round. They could steal Michael Meyer somehow out of Notre Dame. He is one of the better tight ends on my board and he's right now, you know, regarded as a top three tight end on a lot of other people's boards. So I think Michael Meyer could definitely be, definitely be their pick, either him, Dalton King cut. They're going to pick up a tight end or an offensive weapon for Tua Tungvaluwa come next season. Now that we know that, you know, Tyreek Hill, he's not going to stay for the long term, so he's going to stay for a couple of years. But, again, the young gun and tight end could definitely help Miami's case. The next team we are going to talk about is the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo has a 28th pick. Now, what could they possibly need? They have their quarterback. They have their number one wide receiver. They have a tremendous offensive line. They got some great talent all around the field. I think they are actually going to go running back. I know it's not a major need, right? It's not a major need. But oh, I don't Adler, disagree with
0: you there. One more time. Dole might disagree with you there. Yeah, he could.
2: Um, but I think Buffalo could need a running back. Josh, Adler,
1: <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay, keep going, keep going, buddy. I, I, I won't. I won't talk. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going.
2: This is my show. I don't talk during your race and stuff. Geez. <laughs> okay. So before keep I get brutally interrupted. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just a beef podcast. We just put a big mixture of <laughs> you know, beef. That's all you got to put. So Buffalo, I think they're going to go running back. Now, here's why. Josh Allen is a tremendous quarterback. He's an amazing athlete that not a lot of people gave him credit for. Well, besides Lamar, like Lamar Jackson, right, Kyler Murray, these guys who have more rushing yards than they should passing yards. And obviously they don't, but they should have way more rushing yards than they need these guys get banged up and their careers end so much sooner than they should have. You need a nice running back to help you. Now, yes, Buffalo did have a nice running game in the last couple of, you know, last couple of seasons, but they need to get better. Josh Allen should not be your lead rusher. There is a reason for that. So who do I think they can go after? They could go after the best running back in the draft, in my opinion, But after I was rudely interrupted, I want to see them pick up somebody else. I would like to see them pick up Jamar Gibbs. Now, I think Jamar Gibbs, him and Bijan Robinson are 1A, 1B. I think Jamar Gibbs is better in the the passing game. I think Bijan Robinson is just more of a trucker, kind of downhill runner. You know, Bijan, his one major thing is fumbles, even though he had six fumbles last season. But in crucial moments, Texas Tech, am I wrong? He fumbled it in overtime and Texas Tech got the win. So I think Jamari Gibbs, in clutcher situations, he'd be a better fit. But Bijan Robinson is still the best back, in my opinion. I'm just not going to pick the longhorn because the longhorn interrupted me. And he did <laughs> not interrupt me on my own daggum thing. So, <laughs> haha, bye bye. So that's where I think Buffalo is going to go. Another AFC East team that is kind of in a mesh, right? We don't know if they're going to have a pick in the first round after a possible trade happens with the Green Bay Packers. But let's say New York just doesn't, they just don't shoot the trigger like Dalton was saying earlier. Say they have the 13th overall pick. Where could they possibly go? Do they go quarterback? Probably not. Do they go offensive line? They actually may because Mekhi Beckton has not been uh, that guy, to, their consistent guy for them on the offensive line. But I do believe they are going to go with an offensive lineman. Now, I've mentioned before, I think Peter Skronoskoski is going to go there. Paris Johnson could get off the board. Maybe even a Broderick Jones could go off the board. I think they could go with another offensive tackle. I think they could go Broderick Jones here. Now, it's going to be a very edge rusher, quarterback-heavy top 10, right? And it's a 13th pick overall. So, Peter is probably going to be there. Harris Johnson is probably going to be there. There may have some guys like Osiris Torrance if they want to go interior. They're going to pick up offensive line if they decide to just not trade for, you know, the golden goose and Aaron Rodgers right now, that's sitting right in front of them, but they're just not going to take it. But I do think offensive line is going to be uh, their pick at 13. If they decide to stay there. Now I wanted to do this best for last in the in, in the AFC East, excuse me. And that is the New England Patriots, the 14th overall pick right after the New York jets. So I don't know what Spencer wants. I don't know what Spencer wants New England to do. They have their quarterback in Mac Jones. They have a nice defensive front. They have some guys on their squad that can be really helpful for them. But I think they should go for the best available player that they could actually pick up. And I think that is going to be Christian Gonzalez, a cornerback. I think a nice secondary player for New England is going to help a lot. You, we really, besides the McCordy brothers, hasn't been many dominant, you know, secondary players from New England. They're all just kind of like mediocre, kind of in the middle of the draft. But I think if you get a, a, you know, more of the top of the crop with Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, I think that would be a nice, solid pick for the New England Patriots to go secondary. So, Spencer. The floor is yours. Where would you, what, or even what position, would you like to see New England go after?
0: I mean, for me right now, i like to see a receiver. Like either, you know, if, if Smith and Jigba's available, I definitely want him in New England. Uh, Zay Flowers, you know, kind of a local kid just playing over in Chestnut Hill at Boston College. Uh, Zay Flowers, I mean, obviously we saw him play at Louisville and he just read that secondary at Louisville when they play head-to-head. So I, Zay Flowers is probably the guy that I want uh, if Smith and Jigba's not there. But I can go either – I can go any position there just because there's kind of a lot of needs, like like tackles that have a need there. Uh, like if Roger Jones is available, I could see him go there. Uh, I, yeah, if Gonzalez is available, I'll take him at 14. I think he'll be off the board, though, by then. But that's just me. Uh, like I mentioned, I mean, anything could happen. New England could trade up
2: or what have you. But I do think it's going to be a more edge rusher quarterback heavy top ten where – Some of these top players, I mean, I'm looking at the ESPN board. B. John Robinson is the number two overall player in the entire class. I think he's going to fall at the top ten just because I think a lot of people are going to trade up for quarterbacks and edge rushers. You know, again, Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Lucas Van Ness, uh, even Nolan Smith, who's a tremendous linebacker. He's not going to pass, you know, 20 in my opinion. But – you know, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks, edge rushers first. So you could get a steal in top cornerback in the class in a lot of people's boards or a top tackle or a top wide receiver because of how heavy, maybe even trade heavy, the first 10 are going to be. So now let's go to the NFC East. So, first, let's just do everybody's favorite team on this podcast. Let's do the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Right? We got to start off big. Right, and maybe even that's Dalton's favorite team now. He's a he's a Texas guy. He may say, you know what, Rams are too far. They're in California. I don't like you know faraway teams, even though they'll make the playoffs next year. Let's just go for the local team. Let's go. (laughs) No, they won't make the playoffs this year. I'm talking, not you. Anyway, and I love you, Dalton. But but gosh darn man. So Ezekiel, Ezekiel is gone. That is now the biggest need of in Dallas. The number one need is running back. I, you, you need a lot of other help, in my opinion. You need to try and get younger offensive lines. You need to try and get a more consistent secondary. But I will see the offense. I will see that the offense is going to be a major need. They have good wide receivers. They're paying Dak Prescott a crap ton of money. So where, what do I see them going at the end of the first round? Do they go for a guy? Like you mentioned, if New England goes after a Paris Johnson, do they go for a little stretch and go Oklahoma's Antoine Harrison, who's a pretty, he's a pretty mean dog? Do they go a guy like Broderick Jones, who Broderick, in my opinion, is not up there as much as Peter and Paris Johnson. Darnell Wright is kind of in that mix right there, where they're late first, early second round talent, but a Broderick Jones for them, big Georgia dude. Georgia, you know, Georgia Bulldogs, they got some dogs on that team, and Broderick is that guy. I just don't see him going off the board in front of Paris and or Peter first. So that's just my opinion. But I think Roger Jones is still a good option for Dallas. Getting that offensive line younger. They need, uh, Tyrone Smith is not going to stay in the league forever. He's got to go at some point. They have to put in that next you know, centerpiece at a left tackle. And Roger Jones could be that guy, even though he's a little bit smaller, 6'5", doesn't have that frame to be your star left tackle. But we shall see in the NFL. So the next team we are going to do, Let's just do the dumpster fire that is the Washington Commanders. I almost said Nationals, and I'm like, that is not right. I am not Stop. in baseball season. I, right now, am in football. 16th overall pick, dead middle of the draft. Wow. Um, besides everything, I don't know what Washington needs. They just need pretty much anything they can get their hands on. Um, they have Scary Terry. They have good defensive rotation with Chase Young and Cameron and DeRon Payne. And they got got dogs on that defensive front, but it's just not consistent enough. Chase Young has just missed a ton of games. Even though he's great when he's on the field, he's just hurt a ton. So I don't think they're going to go defensive line just yet. They've drafted first-round defense before. hasn't really worked out for them. They could go offense here. They could. Now – If Washington trades up, because I think quarterback is an interesting, it's a sneaky need. Washington has Sam Howell, North Carolina quarterback. I like Sam. He, you know, he was fine at North Carolina. He didn't, you know, really exceed expectations that were put on him. But at the tail end of the season, when he had to get put in, he made made a couple plays. So I think – Eric Bieniemy is going to look at Sam Howell and really see if Sam could be their guy as a placeholder for this season. And let's just kind of ride that boat out. And that could obviously happen. But I think they could also go with offensive linemen. Now, again, I do think Osiris Torrance is the best interior lineman. Now, people do rank him a little bit outside of the first round. Now, because offensive line is such a need, he is going to be drafted ahead more than people mm-hmm. think. But Osiris is a very good option here. Steve Avilia out of TCU is going to be a good option. Could they go, you know, with a what they ESPN defines as a center, but he's played more often, you know, played more guard. And I think that Luke Wiper, Wipler out of Ohio State could definitely fit that role. They can go on many different reasons for interior offensive lines to really grow their offensive line to protect Sam Howell. Now, next team we are going to do, we did the Cowboys. Obviously, everybody's favorite team. We did the Commanders. Now we move on to the only team that I think is like in neutral. Like, I don't know if they can go up or down depending on their offseason. Now, wide receiver, obviously – They've kind of whipped <laughs> whipped on them in free agency and in the draft. They really haven't nailed wide receiver, but they pick 26. They pick really late. Now I see them trade up. I see another last year fiasco where everybody trades up. They're gonna get Jackson Smith Najaba. They're gonna get Zay Flowers, Quinton Johnson, Jordan Addison. They're, they all may be taken off the board. But man, Jalen Highlights right there. If they don't trade up 26. Daylon Hyatt from Tennessee? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Josh Downs out of North Carolina? That could be an absolute steal. Not a lot of people were talking about him, honestly. Very good wide receiver out of North Carolina. Really helped them uh, in some crucial moments in this season. When at the beginning of the season, they were barely, you know, they barely beat Appalachian State. They barely, you know, were getting over the hump a little bit, and Josh Downs was a part of it. So, maybe New York can take in Josh Downs, that little mindset of being a reliable guy for Daniel Jones. So, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, a lot of people are high on Jonathan Mingo. I haven't really watched a lot of him, but that could be an absolute option for the Giants. And now, the Super Bowl runner up, Philadelphia Eagles. Huh. This is interesting. I think they're fine at a lot of pieces, their defense is very young. Um, I don't see them having defensive line problems. I don't see them having this absolute knee that they need. Now, obviously, they lost Javon Hargrave, which is big for them, but is it a cap of a knee where they need to replace them right away? Uh eh, I don't think it is. But, let's just go at what Everyone thinks they need, and that's defense. What could they do defensively at pick 31? Now, at pick 10, I don't see them drafting anybody. I really don't. I see this pick as a trade option for somebody who wants to trade up. Maybe a Washington, maybe you know anybody outside of top 10 that wants their quarterback. Maybe a Baltimore would want to trade at number 10. That's why I'm not treating number 10 with tremendous respect because I feel like that's going to be a tradable pick for Philadelphia. That's just my opinion. But if they do pick at number 10, where could they go? They could possibly go with the possible falling of Jalen Carter, right? Jalen Carter is an amazing player, but a lot of people have him lower on the – lower on the board or maybe even off the board because it was off the field issues. That could be a real option. Also another guy, you know, get, you know, go to Pittsburgh, go to get Goja Cansey out of Pittsburgh. One of the better defensive linemen in the um, combine, you know, very similar size to Aaron Donald, who also went to Pittsburgh and we see how that played out. So Cansey could be, a guy going to Philadelphia at pick ten and really dominate uh, with Philadelphia and maybe even help them, you know, go over that hump and win another Super Bowl for them. But if they stay at pick thirty-one, I still think they're going to go with interior defensive line. They could go after Brian Brace, who's picking up a lot of steam over his last couple of weeks. Excuse me, Brian Brace could definitely be a real option for Philadelphia. Again, he's a Clemson guy. When you have Clemson, when you have Alabama, when you have Georgia by your name, your stock goes even higher than maybe what it should have been. So Brian Brees is an absolute real option for Philadelphia if they want to go defensive tackle at pick technically 30. So I, I would like to see them maybe go after you know a, a solid defensive end that could fall on a lot of boards. I like Miles Murphy a lot. I think um, – I can never say this guy's name, but the Northwestern defensive end that just has A's and vowels all over the daggum place, I think that could be a real option for them. Real underrated pick, but I think it could do really well. But a Miles Murphy, Brian Brees kind of move, I think it will be really interesting to see. But I think Philadelphia is going to go defensive line just to kind of help things up. They could go offensive line to make it younger maybe later on in the draft. They have their wide receivers of the future. You know, they have their running game that's solid. Could Philly go running back and pick up, you know, the Tex- that Texas Longhorn who may not be interesting in B. John Robinson? Maybe. But I do see Philadelphia going defensive line if they decide to keep their tenth overall pick. So that is all I have for the NFC and AFC East next week. If We are going to talk about the Western and I'm just going to just rip a hole in the LA Rams just because I want to after I've been interrupted several times, but uh, AFC and NFC West are the last two divisions. Then we'll have our little mock draft. Hopefully if we decide to keep that uh, going into before the uh, draft and then You know, we'll hang out for the draft and I'll be ripped on, you know, oh, you said this guy was going to be picked or that. So I can't wait for it. NFL draft, favorite time of the year upon us. Guys, it's been a real pleasure.
0: All right. So, yeah, join us next week for our exciting part four of our four-part series with Christian doing uh, draft previews there. Uh, dawn fish is off tonight. How was the previous weekend of racing? Um...
1: <laughs> well, there was no Formula One last week, so we're not going to uh, go over that again. Um, and there won't be until the end of April. Um, but there was a NASCAR race last week uh, in, in in Bristol. Uh, it was a dirt track. Uh, in which Christopher Bell came out on top uh, in the 20 car of the Toyota. Uh, 250 laps, because that's how many you had to run. Started in fourth, led the most laps. He led 100. Uh, got 52 points. Um, Tyler Reddick in second. Uh, he was the COTA winner from this pass for this year. Um In the 45 of Toyota, started in sixth, led 69, nice laps. Uh, In third, we had Austin Dillon for the number three Chevrolet. Uh, Started in second, led zero, got 52 points. Uh, Tyler Reddick got 48, by the way. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse came in fourth uh, in the 47 uh, for Chevrolet. Um, Chase Briscoe in fifth. Uh, for the 14 car that was in the Ford, um, other notables, Ty Gibbs finished in the top 10 at number 10 in the 54 car for Toyota, Kevin Harvick, another top 10 finish for this guy. Um, just absolutely, uh, tearing it up, uh, in the four for Ford, lots of Lots of F's, lots of fours. Um, and yes, that is all for the results. We're going to go to the schedule and then check out um, the standings, the updated standings. Um, this upcoming weekend, the sixteenth, everybody is gonna go to Martinsville, Martinsville, Virginia, uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series at Martinsville, Martinsville Speedway. Um, three o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Central, one o'clock Mountain, twelve o'clock Pacific. And any other freaking time zone that you're on, I don't really know. I just pay attention to the U.S. because I'm a homer. Um, but, yeah, it should be a blast. Hopefully, I can watch it. If I can't, well, I'm going to be sitting here next week doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right now. Talking and talking and talking some more. Uh Yeah. So Martinsville, make sure you watch that or not. Honestly, I don't care what you do in your free time. I'm just here to give recommendations and updates. Um, yeah, let's go back to the home and check out the standings for the NASCAR racers. Uh, yeah, uh, let's go off point total. Um, the racer with the most points right now is Christopher Bell with 281 points. He's got one win, zero poles, uh, five top fives, and six top tens, which is the most among all drivers. Ross Chastain, the watermelon man, is in second with 268. Right now, he's got zero wins, zero poles, but three top fives and four top tens. Um, Kevin Harvick in third place, like I said before, maybe his last NASCAR season, but he is making the absolute most of it. Um, This man is leading all four drivers in third place right now with 255 points, zero wins, zero poles, three top fives and five top tens. Kyle Larson in the Chevrolet of number five uh, is in fourth place right now with uh, 242 points, one win, two poles, three top fives, and three top tens. Tyler Reddick in the fifth place right now. He has got 235 points, uh, one win, zero poles, four top fives, and four top tens. And then my personal favorite, Kyle Busch in the sixth spot with 234 points. He's got one win and zero polls, two top fives, and four top tens. Other notables, uh, Joey Logano um, in eighth place right now with 223 points, uh, one win, two poles, two top fives, and four top tens uh, at this point in the season. Um... And then, uh, yeah. So, um, that is pretty much all I got because it is a it is a short, short segment because, like I said, F one is just not happening this week, and it, the next one is Azerbaijan, um, which is going to be April thirtieth. So got quite a while until there's another F1 race.
0: All right, thank you, Don, for that. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out of Bounds. I we just cover we covered a whole lot tonight. Uh, so hope you enjoyed this. If you did enjoy this, give us the follow on whatever podcasting, uh, streaming service you are currently using. Uh, feedbacks always encouraged. Um, and lastly, feel free to share this podcast. With friends and family, we definitely appreciate each and every one of you listening, and anything to help this podcast grow, we appreciate as well. And for that, I am Spencer Brown.
1: I'm Dalton Bishop. And I'm
0: Christian Ernst. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.